Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, and Kevin Bacon are going to the moon, or so they think. It's Graboids. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Ron Howard's 1995 Apollo 13. Next on Movies for Guys Who Like Movies. Apollo 13 flight controllers, give me a go, no go for launch. You know that Easter vacation trip we had planned for Acapulco? Uh-uh. Procedures? Go. Control. Go flight. There might be a slight change in destination. Really? Maybe say the moon. <gasps> Booster. Go. Retro. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. And I take the controls and I steer it around. FAO. We're go flight. For a nice, soft landing on the moon. Better than Neil Armstrong. Does it bother you that the public regards this flight as routine? There's nothing routine about flying to the moon. I can vouch for that. Launch control, this is Houston. We are go for launch. The clock is running. Houston, we have cleared the tower at 1313. Okay, guys. We're going to the moon. This is the crew of the Apollo 13. Wishing everyone back on Earth uh, a pleasant evening. Houston, we have a problem. We got a wicked shimmy up here. Houston, we are venting something out into space. It's definitely a gas of some sort. Flight, your heart rates are skyrocketing. The Apollo 13 spacecraft is apparently losing breathing oxygen. The emergency has ruled out any chance of a lunar landing. Why are there so many people here? Something broke on your daddy's spaceship. I have a request from the news people. Take it up with my husband. He'll be home. On Friday. Flight, we have loss of radio contact. Econ, what's your data telling you? It's, it's reading a quadruple failure. That can't happen. It's, it's got to be instrumentation. The ship's bleeding to death. This rate, we're going to skip right out of the atmosphere, and we're never going to get back. But we're looking at less than 15 minutes of life support in the Odyssey. We never lost an American in space. We're sure as hell not going to lose one on my watch. Odyssey, do you read me? How long does it take to power up the limb? Three hours by the checklist. We don't have that much time. superheroes that we had you, just you know what it came down to and the only reason that I didn't go with the other one was because we'd already done two superhero movies uh, I, the other movie I was going for was The Rocketeer yeah holy cow are you serious yeah mm. that, Jesus I, I, and if it wasn't for Batman and Superman I would have picked that man please bat, put that on a back burner that's a good one to, man that's a good call <laughs> man I played that NES game I have it tough ass game super Nintendo game tough never game. got past that first level why am I flying I mean, like with a plane I only ever Give me the rocket pack. I got far. Nah. No, I never got. There was never an Apollo 13 game. Uh, just the switch and blow it. What's funny? There was a NASA game though. Mm-hmm. I remember there playing was? it, and yeah, and it was very similar. Like that's what I love about the movie. The movie was like, wow, it really exposed me to real science and mm-hmm. real exploration. So, start off with some movies for guys who like movies podcast. Mm-hmm. As a part of the new Blood Rising podcast and all uh Well, that's so clunky to say, isn't it? But anyway... We do it for the fans. We do it for the fans. Absolutely. I'm William Rankin, joined, of course, by Jason Keesler. How's it going? Charlie Stabile. We have a problem. We have a big-ass problem here, son bitch. <laughs> it's crazy that we're doing this, because remember, this was the tagline of WrestleMania 17. Houston. Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> right. That's it's right. really funny. But um, this movie is very special. It comes at a very important time in the 90s. It is when Tom Hanks couldn't be more red hot. Yeah. This is Ron- what the this would have his third best actor in a row nomination. He didn't get, he didn't get it. This. But for years I thought he yeah. did. Yeah. Um, Tom Hanks, uh, this was a hell of a year for him though because he had another movie out this year that was fantastic and that was Toy Story. Right. Yep. This so the start of that run. He was yeah. on fire. Arguably Ron, this is Ron Howard's best run. It's, I, I know we're going to say From what end. to what? Well, I'd say from here till 01. I see. Mm. From, from here, here to, to a beautiful mind. Yeah. 
Because he's going to... Ransom. Yes, yeah. that's... Because we talked about it with um, uh, Twister that Ransom was number five for right. all... Or the highest box office of the year in, 90, in 96. I'm trying to remember... 99? Uh, well, he had Ed TV. He had Ed TV. Yep. Where he t- TV. Which, which, to its credit, is very ahead of its time. Yes. In what it's covering. Like what came out that same year. Yeah, that's the, if it wasn't for the Truman Show, I think Ed TV right. would have been a That's what really hurts that I movie. Think but I should probably revisit that movie. Yeah, I think... Because I saw it in the theater and that was it. One of the best parts about Ed TV is the pairing of McConaughey. Mm-hmm. And, God, I, I'm blanking. John Elfman? No. Ellen DeGeneres? I think that's yeah. Krippendorf's tribe. Well, isn't yeah. Ellen DeGeneres? <laughs> Ellen's in Well, no, but I'm t- Woody Harrelson and McConaughey in that oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Yes! And then they are... True Detective. They are in True Detective, and then there was another movie they were in, and there was this great meme, because it's always those two, there's a scene in the same position with each other, and they kind of have the same looks on their face, and it goes to the joke that's saying True Detective, time is an infinite circle, and it was just like all three of those movies, and it was just that, so... That's funny. But I... I let's start... I think we should start... Let's talk about Ron Howard. Okay. Oh. I think that's a good starting point, because, um, uh, you know, we knew him as Opie. Uh, I knew him more so from Happy Days, because mm-hmm. I didn't... I don't like the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. I just don't like it. I got you. I like Happy Days. Sure. I like that. You know, and, and on, I, I grew up watching Cocoon. Mm-hmm. I love Cocoon. That's a great movie, but... But he was mainly more so known for the comedy films yeah. that mm-hmm. he did, like Night Shift, right. which is a great movie too. Splash. Splash. Yeah. Um, I would say like he ventured into dramatic fare later on. Like one of my favorite movies of his, at least in top three, is Parenthood yeah. with Steve Martin. I absolutely love that movie. And then of course Backdraft. But then he did Far and Away, trying to do something which different. is Far and Away's worst movie, probably. Yeah. I agree. That's not a very good movie. Uh, and Ron, Ron Howard, he's one of those guys, like, as a whole, I think he has a great track record with his films. I don't think he has very many bad movies. The I Da Vinci think... Code movies, like, I put those probably worse than Far and Away. Oh, yeah, I think there's... Those are horrible. I think, though, after Beautiful Mind, like, remember, like, in I this like Cinderella era Man. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, I oh, love yeah, that movie. But this period of time is when that Opie thing meant something. I don't think that means anything anymore. No. Like that is what more. Do I mean? Well, like there was a novelty. It was, oh look, Opie's Opie's doing this movie. Well, I, like it's weird reading retrospective reviews of Apollo thirteen, where there were a lot of people that were doubtful that the movie would be any good or be a hit because can, it was directed by Ron. I Howard. and I can believe that. But mm-hmm. he, he, I mean, he's where I was uh, after two thousand one though, because after he wins the Oscar, he goes right into the missing, which mm-hmm. missed the mark. I still terribly. haven't seen that. It's yeah. I remember being really excited for it because it was a western. It was like, oh, he's coming off the Oscar win. Glazers yeah. or Grazer or Glazer? Brian Grazer. Brian Grazer is producing. Okay, this will be good. Eh, it's it's a uh, it's fairly mediocre. Yeah. But then like he does do Cinderella Man. It's a good flick. It's very solid. underrated. Mm-hmm. But then there's those the two Da Vinci movies which are they're shit. I'm, uh, there's no. I'm not a huge fan. I. I, they I think the have been second Indiana one, Jones movie. I think the second one is better than that one. <laughs> but that, but one's, that, that one's the much. prequel book, but it's a sequel in movie form. Like Those movies should have been amazing. Which ones you have the mullet in? Yeah. And that's all that, I need that. to ask. There we go. Or Tom, Tom Hanks with Nick Cage's hair. But then, Frost Nixon. Fro- Frost Nixon. Which Frost Nixon was good. Which went really kind of like, well, I, I think for the most part went under the radar until Oscar time. And then mm-hmm. it was like, what? You ever heard of this? What? But what did he do last year? Okay, so I want to see in the heart of the sea. Still. Okay, I want to see I do, that. I do too. The box office was very surprising. Yeah, I remember, it, it wasn't was like, very good. Was this it? thing, this thing sounded like it sold itself. Yeah, you know, it's the true it's story Moby of Moby Dick. Dick. It's got Thor, but it's directed by. But it wasn't I mean, Thor. But it was also coming out in the in that wake of Star Wars, like in yeah. that area. I think it came before. Right, before, it was November, but, wasn't it? Yeah, but like, like the it, week of Thanksgiving. Which is a dicey week. That is not a good week. Pete, that's to a not be a family film. Unless you're you James Bond. Or Harry yeah. Potter. Or Harry, Harry Potter, Potter does really did really well in that mm-hmm. area of time. The other um, I was gonna say is, is Rush. That mm-hmm. so I haven't seen that. Man. I heard that's a great movie. Oh, see, he loves some Thor, doesn't he? He likes to pick people and work with them a lot. Well see, it makes me think that he's stuck with a short list of bankable actors that he has to go with. Mm. Like, I I think it's definitely like I know Beautiful Mind is is one where he obviously wins the Oscar for, but I still I I've only seen it like once and I was never really super. I watched it a few months back. ago. I, it's so it's good. I, 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 it, I think it's a great movie. Yeah, but I don't think I wouldn't put it in top three. Mm-mm. 
I think Backdraft and this movie are right offhand. Like I like Backdraft. I, yeah, I, I think that was one of the first movies I ever cried in. Oh, oh fucking a man! That's that, a good flick. No, just that's, that last look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that is powerful stuff. Um, Costner watched that before he did Man of Steel. Speaking, of, speaking Costner, of Costner, Costner, was, I did not know this. Did not know it at all. So Hanks thought Costner would have been perfect for this. Is that what how I read it? Uh, what I read was Jim Lovell thought that Kevin Costner. <laughs> well, Jim Lovell was said that Kevin Costner reminded him of a younger version of him, and I, I got to say, I think Kevin Costner could have been really good in a movie like this. Not this movie. Not well. Not as good as Tom Hanks because. No, because Tom Hanks, it, his personality in this, with the just always being calm, always being See, that voice of reason, not authoritative. Like it's the the Ed Harris's character, and they're the same, but Ed Harris is authoritative. Where Tom is, he's in it, and he's just trying to cool. This it is off quintessential Jimmy Stewart Hanks yes. territory. Yes. This where is like you are like when you read about how they cast this. Like this is really cool. T- Tom Hanks was circling around an Apollo 13 movie long before they ever wanted to do one. He thought it was a great idea. And Ron Howard wanted to cast Tom Hanks because he thought, well, who's the person we would most want to save? <laughs> That's true. And at, in 1995, I mean, fuck. well now it's Matt Damon, but in 1995 it was Tom Hanks. Yeah. I mean, and you look Philadelphia, Forrest Gump. Those two movies alone, like he's so sympathetic. Like mm-hmm. especially Forrest Gump, like it's part of America. It's Americana. Yeah. To put it in a really, you could really watch, silly term. Not being a joke, but you could watch Apollo 13 and go, "Oh my God, Forrest Gump stumbled onto that space shuttle. We got to save well, him." I remember, and get the same pity. Right. Well, as a kid, I, I couldn't, I couldn't separate the movie from my memory. They look of very similar. Gump. Well, it's not even that. This movie also has Gary Sinise. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, it almost confused me, yeah. like, seeing this as a kid. I was like, what's Lieutenant Dan doing with the measles? Yeah. The yeah. shrimp boat business blew up. Yeah. Well, there's a great line in Forrest Gump, too, where he says, well, if you become a shrimp boat captain, like, I'll be your first mate. Or, and, or he, he, mentioned, he, he has a line about being an astronaut, mm-hmm. Lieutenant Dan, I, to Forrest Gump. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. So, like, before we dive back in the rest of the cast, the plot just is... Ba- it's a very simple plot. True story. And that's what makes it even better. You're go Like, it's the... It's not... Is it the next mission after 11? Or is it... Because they don't really talk about 12. Well, because 12 is the fire. I think, like, it's... Well, one is the fire. One is the fire? Apollo 1. I right. think that was... Hmm. Yeah. One, one's the fire, and uh, Jim Lovell, the Tom Hanks character, or the, the, the real-life person Tom Hanks is playing, he was on the Apollo 8 mission, mm-hmm. which was just a circumference of the moon. Didn't actually go on the moon. Um, and I, I heard a, there's a great uh, reaction to this movie that I love, that why this is, why you can make an argument this is Ron Howard's best film. Because Ron Howard is a typically very sentimental director, mm-hmm. and he made a movie about a guy who didn't get to live his dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this movie's actually about. Which oh, yeah, is really compelling. Yeah, and and how the character deals with it. It's it's a it's the follow up mission to the moon that doesn't quite make it, and yeah. it's and it's how the most brutal. successful failure of all time. Exactly, and yeah. it's it. I Man. love how they pull it out the way it's portrayed, and, and in the media, and you get a big time of based on true events, and it's just kind of just amalgamation and let's amp things up. And a lot of this, I'm sure, was empty, but we have footage. Yeah. I mean, like there's. There's, There's great intercutting, intercutting yeah. of footage. And just made this seem so well, they, real. They, cause they, the movie does two things. It's, it's going to give it to you from the perspective of if you were at home watching this. Mm-hmm. But then it's like we're going to put you in the spacecraft too so that you can see. There's three movies going on. It's mm-hmm. really incredible how they, they go through that. Um, the rest of the cast, it, this is by far one of the most. It's close to a perfect ensemble as you can get. Because you have recognizable stars hitting the big roles. But then it's a... It's such a good like cavalcade of like mm-hmm. like right. middle rung kind of supporting actors and some of you recognize some TV actors yeah, are on here like Xander Berkeley guys like that. Yeah. Now, if you didn't know what the nominations were, would you have guessed the two acting nominations? No, I would. I might have been able to guess one. I, one of them, yes. I yeah. think I would have probably said the other would have been Gary Sinise. Right, because I think Gary Sinise delivered. And I love, like, I love. Gary he, Sinise. You know, the, he had the pick of the litter. It's crazy, and that's why he goes. This is the character I want to play. The guy that doesn't go on the ship, and yeah, and I and I remember, and I knew that before watching it this time, and it's really interesting. His character goes through a lot of interesting moments that even the Bill Paxton, Kevin Bacon characters don't get. Right, this kind of detail. Right, mm-hmm. so I can see what the attraction was there. 
for uh, for Gary Sinise. Did you ever think like when um, Swigert hits the thing and the thing goes wrong? Oh, you done it no. now. You I, was, dude, I was just push Swigert yeah. from. Yeah. I was just thinking push killed. That's all I was thinking. You're... See, I was thinking Taker's from Houston. Yeah. So. Oh, <laughs> but um, I, the opening of this movie is so cool because I love him speeding through Houston mm-hmm. to get back home. Because I love like, those little bits of him driving. Like he drives like a pilot. Like yeah. he just the way he cuts in front of people and, his, and all this stuff. It's so cool. His car These guys stands out from so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's cool though is the one time he's next to someone that has a car like his, the car fucks up. Yeah, there's so many little times where things no, fuck that, up. And they're all electronic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a nice things little touch. The move. overhead projector fucks up. The car fucks up. Yeah, I like those little moments She like loses that. her ring. That's not electric, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, There's all these little... That's, that really happened. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird that he didn't film the rest of what happened, which was she actually was able to recover the ring. Right. Well, yeah. you know, I know people bitch about like the like the four minutes without um, signal, where they don't... They don't quite nail that uh, in terms of what it's, really happened, but it doesn't it's matter. It's amazing It's great scene. filmmaking. Yeah, because you don't see them the whole time, which I, is so great. So when you're seeing the... I love the Apollo 11 stuff in the beginning, because to watch him watch it, Mm-hmm. And like everyone else has a reverence for it, and he does too. But at the same time, this is so, one of Tom Hanks's greatest understated performances. Yeah, it's what he doesn't do that really sticks out in his acting, because you know that it's it's a bittersweet moment for him. Mm-hmm. How many times after this movie did you go do the thumb thing? Oh, all the, no, all the time as a kid. I yeah. did that all the time, and I actually took a picture of it this time because that was my big takeaway from the movie as a kid. Because he does that with the moon, like to show like how small it is, and that's where he wants to go. And then the second he figures out that they can't land on the moon, and he does, he it. does it with Earth. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, great stuff. The uh, one thing I like is the just you were talking when you said what he doesn't do is everyone else is just in awe, and he's kind of got this. Yeah, like that's gonna that. be me. Like just like Andy's no been one. there. Like yeah. that's he's the one guy. He flew around it. So. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's there's a and the seeds are planted early that no one's going to care about him going up. Mm-hmm. Right. The, God. the con- I take it's a congressman because he's like people from my state, so I assume he's a congressman. Yeah. Why him. are we funding this? And his answer is actually excellent about Christopher Columbus. He goes, "Well, if no one came back after Christopher Columbus did, right. then what would we have? And then his fate would have it. <laughs> Here comes. I just remember that guy from my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Which guy? Oh yeah. Deke. Oh. Yeah, Deke's yeah. uh, he's the, he's that guy from my cousin Vinny, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> we, we gotta talk. Hey. <laughs> it, it, it is like Undertaker. That guy is under, the Undertaker. <laughs> they all look. Uh, <laughs> Listen, boy, you gonna go up there, <laughs> Come here, Moon? <laughs> you gonna put my brother on this mission with me? You're gonna put level over. <laughs> and yep. Moon's a cunt. Uh, Gotta figure out a way to get Mattingly off this mission. <laughs> so yeah, that's what becomes like that crew. Those three guys, like if 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 Mattingly things didn't turn out, or? if he would, yeah, I'm talking about the original three. If they had gone up, man, that would have been that's a badass group of dudes. Mm-hmm. This was also my first time I really remember Bill Paxton because this would got me really excited to see Twister. Actually, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You're right. Because I, I don't, I don't think I had really seen Bill Paxton before. Not I weird signs. I don't remember. I'm a little, weird I'm a little older than you, so I remember Aliens. Bill right. See, I didn't see Aliens. I, didn't I was seen about that twelve yet. or thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's where I knew. Because me, I was just like, oh shit, don't take that guy to space. Yeah. So yeah, not Hudson. When you see those guys, because <laughs> Howard does a great trick with when they go in that simulator. Mm-hmm. When Mattingly's in there, like something fucks up. Like, oh, mm-hmm. boom, we're in. Mm-hmm. Cool. Man, I didn't like it though. Can we do it again? Do it again. Because when you hear it's like three hours of boredom, mm-hmm. seven seconds of terror. That's a three-hour simulation. Yeah. So all those guys, <laughs> Bacon and those guys, have to roll back out. Yeah. That's wild. But they, the what's cool about that is when eventually he has to get pulled because measles. Yeah. When you when they do only the because he never had it before. Right. Mm-hmm. It's precautionary. Of course, mm-hmm. it's all precaution. I get it. I mean, well, I they do pulled see one it. guy for the an ear infection that right. was what weeks out before. And dude, it's Alan fucking Shepard. Like the guy, Alan like Shepherd. who was played by I think Scott Glenn in the right stuff. I thought it was Sam Shepard. He's Chuck Yeager. He's Chuck Yeager. Yeah. That for and, and that's dude, a badass. Now movie. bring that up because I had a thought that this was and I do I based on the movies that I've seen Apollo thirteen is my favorite space movie. Oh yeah. Better but with that being camp. said, I have never seen the right stuff. 
and it's on Netflix, and I'll probably the, be watching it. The Sam Shepard stuff is by far the strongest. Dennis Quaid's funny. Like there's what about Fred Ward. We had a nice Tremors little. He's Gus Grissom. <laughs> so he's one of the guys who eventually get killed in uh-huh. the in the Apollo One, I think. Mm-hmm. Ed Harris is strong as John Glenn. Like he's really strong. Like he really. It, the movie does a good chant, good thing of showing like the pilots who come from the Navy, the guys who come from the Marines. Like they all train differently, so they all take stuff differently. That part's neat. Sam Shepard though, because. What's neat is the movie's about like aviation into space, so he's still just a like a pilot of a plane, not mm-hmm. even going into mm-hmm. space. But you see what how like how gutsy he is. And he's the one who broke the sound barrier. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, that it's a solid flick. It may take a few like you know if you it's sit through movie. it. Oh yeah, if you get through it in one watching, more power to you. Well, but, um, just to segue back to this, this is a long movie, but this time it didn't feel like it. Like the pacing was a lot different. I don't I know. I, I, yeah, I don't know anything I would cut. Right, you know, because it's I, this I whole beginning of of here it is. There is a three act structure to this movie yeah. that works. This movie, I and to build on that, the three act structure of it, and Armageddon totally bite. They totally they rip ripped from it this off. movie. They rip this obstacle, all the good stuff obstacle, though. obstacle, overcome, overcome. Like it's all about it's tremors in a they're up in, in the space. tree. Yeah. There's it's always something new, whether it's the carbon dioxide or it's whether they have enough power to get all the way they home. They have to or, build this. They have to fit this square which thing. Which is my one of the best scenes in the movie. That they guy, have to make this. That's with what this. I, that's right, when, so we'll get the coffee going. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the things. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a man line. Get the coffee. That going. I really, really liked about this movie is a lot of times when there are based on true stories, they tend to amalgamate people into one character. Yeah, and and there's just focus on a few. Like this, Lovell really, said that. He said that they did that with with uh, the Ed Harris character. But they, I'm just like for this, like the little, pe- like the small parts, like that team of people that figure out how to make the square peg fit in a round hole. Gets like a big movie. It's like you take the Expendables, everybody gets their yeah. shit in. This is their shit, and it looks good. Let's talk it? about the Houston crew because we've talked about. Kind What's of, your favorite aspect of the movie? Is it the home stuff? Is it the Houston stuff or the space? This crap? viewing for me is the Houston. It's stuff. It's the Houston yeah. stuff because how are they going to figure this out without in, being there? with like a window of time, mm-hmm. right? Fifteen minutes. And st- like that, the lines like, "What is it? A.M. or P.M.?" Very, very all those very A.M. So very A.M. <laughs> I loved that. What, yeah. I wonder what is very. Dude, AM. I I'm not a math. Guy. I've known guys that are math guys. When you, I didn't pick this up as a kid. When you see them doing that shit, those I'm like, calculations. What is that? Without yeah. the, by hand, they don't have you mm-hmm. know what we have now. And Lovell's doing it too. Fucking a, man. And and oh, let me join. Does this math look right to you? It takes three hours of power yeah. up the lamp. Mm-hmm. They do it in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's mind-blowing when you mm-hmm. just think about the limits of technology at the time and everything. And I love the the when the shit goes bad, it's not just, oh, we just happened to make... It's like, fuck, we fucked up the math because we thought you were going to be 200 pounds heavier. Yeah. and That's a great little oversight. Yeah, because you're, you're too it's busy thinking about these little... Mm-hmm. Well, these big things, these big, and then something as as minuscule as that just goes right over. They your forgot head. to carry the one. Not joking. Like that's yeah. that's almost literally it. And, and then okay. I knew when I was like, "Crap, I gotta hurry up and start getting ready." I was like, "How much longer does the movie have?" And I clicked. I was like, "Oh shit, there's 25 more minutes in the movie. There's got to be one more problem." Like we were talking about, and they'll <laughs> throw the typhoon. They're on. gonna typhoon, but the, the typhoon, typhoon becomes a non factor. There's a typhoon down there, motherfucker. John Tentison. Get out. <laughs> Your tugboat. Your Ed, tugboat. Ed, Ed Harris's reaction is all of our reaction. Like, fuck. He is That's so... That's a great understated performance, too. Mm-hmm. And he would play this part for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. in History of Violence. I mean, his his almost line from the movie is almost as famous in real life as Houston, we have a problem, is failure is not an option. Yeah. Does that come from this movie? Well, they, I think they he, make it Gene Krantz like... actually said that. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually like something that's been repeated throughout yeah, the years. His such a... Badass in this movie. I'm sorry to interrupt. When he when he kicks that, that thing, that God damn it! Out. I don't want another estimate. Right. That is so or, good. Like this is going to be the biggest disaster. In oh, the history he just looks at that motherfucker. No. Well, that's well, is that a fact? <laughs> I think this is going to be our greatest triumph. <laughs> so that's that's yes. what we're going to do. No. <laughs> Who want? Um, they want to know odds. Who wants odds? The president, Nixon, the United States. We're not losing the men. Right. That's it. Yep, we've never lost a man in space and it was, before. It was so just, good, man. It wasn't just over patriotism. It was no. these people are mad it at wasn't me. The There's yeah. no you USA know, crap. I never thought of that. Yeah, until you said that, because mm-hmm. that kind of shit drives me nuts. This pandering American 
propagandic bullshit. Mm-mm. But this movie, yeah, it never and even I dawned on me. It, and it benefits from the fact that since they've already beaten the Russians, that should be a non-factor at this right. point. But they don't. They could easily go back to it. But they, they could don't. have brought that in. Was this sabotage? From I kept thinking I was like shit with the beginning with the doctor with a little bit of the accent that Tom Hanks has a we, little bit of relationship with. We thought you were bringing in two hundred pounds of moon rocks, right? Yeah, you know we got to we got to work that into the math. Mm-hmm. Shift to the home stuff now for a second because Kathleen Quinlan like has a like a, a she gets a I mean she's the other one who gets nominated, right? Mm-hmm. She's the other one who was nominated for an Oscar. What for scene do you movie. think they sent in? Because I, I think the, she does the shower great. scene. Prob- that's the only one I can think of where it really. I I think when she has to explain it to her son, to their son, because oh, something yeah. went wrong in your dad's yeah. ship. Because yeah, I don't know. And it's it maybe because like oh. I, having a child now, like these scenes impact me a little differently mm-hmm. now. But watching the way she did it this time, the way she's always like up to that point, like she's been through this. She mm-hmm. knows how a space mission goes. That's why it's great contrast with Hayes's wife, who's. Crying. You know, she's pregnant, of course. I sure hormones all over the place, but she's very calm about everything. Mm-hmm. And and to see her like I, when she blows up, like I want to know what's going on with my husband. Give me none of that NASA bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and then when that, that fucking slime ball from NASA is like, well, they want to. The media wants to do this. Like, well, they didn't give a shit about their little broadcast. And he's right. like, no, what? They're not parking on the lawn. Yeah. And if you want to talk to my husband, he'll be back on Friday. It's a badass yeah, line. Yeah, back on The only Friday. thing with the home stuff I didn't really like was the his, Tom Hanks' mother stuff. Oh, I don't a little, like... little hokey. See, that's Ron Howard's mom. Yeah. I don't like her at all. <laughs> like, like, and I'm talking about just... I've never liked her in this movie. Because that feels pandering. Yeah. Like, like she just does these little goofy if, little if lines. You, if you dialed it back just to the bit where when his daughter starts crying and she's like, are you scared? Yeah, that's it. like... Don't and even have Buzz okay, Aldrin and okay, that's the best John part. Glenn show up. But, but yeah, the but Neil Armstrong thing—it seemed like that. Get that, it feels like that joke had to be done. It felt like well, if we're gonna have a moment of levity. It's like oh, guess what? Neil Armstrong shows up. Are you right. in the space program too? Yeah, that I hate that. Or mm-hmm. like or when she's trying to find it on the television and mm-hmm. nobody at that nursing home knows. Goddamn television. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that. Uh, but you're right though. Um, what does she say? If my if, if they can if, get a toaster to, to fly. My Jimmy could land it. Yeah, that's she's she's got a good five seconds right there. Yeah, and that's then it. that's it. I mean, should have been just she should be there. She Ron Howard take. loves putting his family in his movies. Okay, yeah. Clint. It's one thing I but Clint works. Clint's great. Clint works no, 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 no. We've talked about Clint Howard a lot over the he years. He's really good. He has. I couldn't name you a single one of his characters, but I remember him in almost every movie I've seen because he always stands out. Yeah, his best. He has to be the one that like. <laughs> I think he carries a big weight of the movie because he's the one who has to tell him we're gonna have to do this, right? And it means that the mission's over. Yeah. Oh and, God! <laughs> and then it doesn't work. That's the part I forgot. Like yeah. what he suggests doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. fix the problem. No, it's like we're gonna we're gonna Star Trek you. You're gonna go around right. and go back in time three days. It's a nice so I'm glad you brought that <laughs> up because I think up to that point, I know especially for me, probably for probably for all of us, like watching like movies like Star Wars, Star Trek, we'd seen so much science fiction that it's science like okay, was... so when they shut down these the 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 fuel cells and they shut those down, like in Star Trek, and if there's ever a problem, they fix it and they move on. Uh huh. I love when they say you shut those down, they can't be turned on again. Yeah, right. It's over. Yeah, Star two War- years. A planning is over with if you yeah. do that, and that's where I think like the the how awesome the reality the of real, things and the realization mm-hmm. on Jim Lovell's oh. face of what that means and how he repeats it. We just lost the moon. Yeah, yeah. I love the during is it's I don't know if it's right there, but because out the window there's the moon. I mean, I like, it's right. It's there. right. I mean, like it, it's right fucking there. You want to get a look? I've already seen it. It's that, yeah. it, and then it's where they're still talking about. It, and he just goes. Gentlemen, what's your what's your objective? I really like that. It's mm-hmm. what's your um, what are your intentions? What are your intentions? Mm-hmm. I want to get home. Does yeah. this? It's awesome. He, it's great. The change. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is. I'm not going to dwell on this anymore because it's impossible. But I have to get back to. My you can family. leave it in. I think the one thing you could take out is him imagining himself on the moon. Mm-hmm. I, it works. I get it. It does. I'm seem, with you. I think it's overly sentimental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this is the most. I, with the exception of maybe Cocoon, this is as close to Spielberg. As Ron Howard gets in terms of a movie like this, mm-hmm. where it's a lot of like idealistic, like ways of looking at things that that most people don't even think about, or you know the constant gazing like that you see mm-hmm. a lot in Spielberg movies. Uh, but I think it goes too far. Yeah, with that little bit. Yeah, I just, you know, and 
I like when they because they, they use like, they use some of this stuff like they for her nightmare like her nightmare of what could happen up there mm-hmm. like they do some of the dramatic. Uh, I wish that they delved things. more into that because apparently the reason that really happened she had that nightmare but they had just seen Marooned. Oh yeah, that nineteen sixty nine movie. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah, like that would have helped instead of just just being a random nightmare that she. Had. And I also like that her nightmare isn't some because she had done it. Right. This was number four. Uh, will be yeah. that uh, her nightmare wasn't like over dramatic that it exploded. It was like something went wrong. He's holding out and a chair comes loose and dislodges him and just kicks him out. You know, it's not. Right. It's like it's so mundane to her that it's something like that that's going to do it. Um, and I kept watching the beginning of the movie and up to a point. This kind of felt like a heist movie in the fact that here's a team of people that have worked and rehearsed on something. Okay, I got something keeps going wrong. Someone swapped out at the last minute. Someone's not who you think they are in the fact that this one person swapped out because he's sick, but it's someone else who's sick. Right. And it just all this shit kind of throws together. And then, like, the what's really stolen is... Which, what, by the way, how he gets sick, like, I never, like, I did not absorb that Bill Paxton got the clap from Kevin Bacon. I thought he was kidding. I, I don't... He, he, say, he says it burns when I urinate. Right. And and he says, I use the... Um, he got it from Swagger. Swagger yeah. used the Tim same urine suit. He used the same. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a joke. I used to think so too, but then like, mm-hmm. like tanks, like, like, well, that'll be something for the debriefing. <laughs> no, what? I, but what I don't get is the. Uh, it might be a joke. I interpreted it different this yeah. time. I don't know. Maybe. Well, they, they, they make, they make a big point of saying that oh, it's Jack or Jack Swagger. <laughs> it is. Well, it is Jack Swagger. Yeah, I know. I just like to say it out loud um, that he. Uh, He's the first bachelor in space. Yeah. And, you know, and he's with this beautiful girl, like... Both times. Both times. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, that's another thing that they said. Another reason a lot of people didn't really... Um, well, when this movie first came out, what was it? Jack Swagger ended up running for Congress? He did. Yeah. yeah the voiceover says he died of cancer before he took office. That's <laughs> <laughs> just... It's not... It's just like this voiceover at the end. It's like, you just watch these people survive. And he's dead now. And he's dead now. It's like the end of Dirty Work. Well, Dr. Farthing certainly learned his lesson about gambling, but they killed him anyway. He's dead now. It's just, that's all this was. <laughs> what were you say that? Finish oh, uh, there was something about how, um, what was it? They were worried that this movie, what was it? So, something going to hurt his... Well, awesome. it was something having to do with how either, I can't remember if it was either in the context of when the movie came out or when the mission was going on or afterward, uh, why people wouldn't care about uh, Jack Swagger, or uh, because apparently it, it was very. That's it. It was Jim Lovell's book. When Jim Lovell wrote that book, a lot of people. It wasn't a big seller in the beginning because Jack Swagger was running for Congress, and a lot of people were kind of put off by him, mm-hmm. so they didn't want to read about him or, or you know, look I into it you. anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because apparently he he might have been a little polarizing at the time. I don't know. They did a good job of like glo- like kind of. If there was any controversy with him, they really tried to smooth. If anything, what they just come across is that he's he's the outsider mm-hmm. of the team. I heard that was the one liberty of what the story. Oh, one of the few it? liberties of the stories yeah. that they took was that uh, the insinuation from Hayes that it might have been Swaggart's fault that mm-hmm. they blew the moon mission. Apparently, that never happened. Which uh, it works for the movie. It does because yeah. he's the it's new logical. Guy. It's yeah, very logical. Yeah. Like if something screws up of that magnitude, where like you know the biggest thing of your life has been taken away, like man, you want to look for something to blame. That's yeah. you know not just accident. It's hard to believe that it didn't happen. Right. That, it's very hard. But they didn't. You know, what did you do? Well, he said, yeah, that's he says that first. Then when they start to get into it, when they're all about to freeze to death, yeah, and and that's interesting too. Like for, uh, Fred Hayes seems to be freezing a lot faster. Than Lovell or Swagger because yeah. he's got the clap, man. Oh, I, I, <laughs> uh, they actually worked in this movie with anti gravity, yeah, which is really cool, so impressive. Like, and Tom Hanks was, uh, was talking about it, saying, Yeah, this movie would have been completely different had we had to work with wires. Yeah, yeah, thank god they found a way to do the anti gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks real. It's the, the Ken Mattingly character is by far the most complex yeah. in the movie because oh, it's one of the best editing parts. When, oh, he's about to walk into the TV? No. Or he walks into the TV and turns off right Well, that's great, court. too. But when they show Swaggart's reaction, woo! Yeah, I'm going to the moon. And smash cut to Mattingly sitting there after getting the news. Mm-hmm. And he just, damn. That's the, that's the only thing he says. I love how he raises his voice. He's like, it'd be a hell of a mission. He's a good guy. He yeah, just yeah, immediately, just, mm-hmm. immediately, like, 
and it's also like when like you know I mean I don't blame him man when you when you he goes off and watches a launch by himself and then mm-hmm. he just goes gets tears up drunk you know yeah. afterwards but then like once it's time to get back into action he has the most important mission of anybody because yeah. he's got to figure out the impossible sequence to that uses enough what enough amps. power to less hold, than twenty volt uh, amps yeah to hold a coffee pot for nine hours that's how much power they have at their disposal and I I like the the cuts they're in. That the is... pod cuts to him in the simulation. They're just, I mean, lack of a better word, just their health is deteriorating. They're not sleeping. It's cold. It's this horrible stuff. And where he's not sleeping, he's not working. He's if looking they don't like get sleep. if they don't get sleep, I don't get sleep. There's all, like in this movie too, like it almost feels like there's kind of an anti-authoritarian theme to it because a lot of times like it's, it's about like how like the, what's up above is the way it affects things down below. You know what I mean? Like first, like they tell him, you cut Mattingly, or we cut all of you. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think they, they yeah. said they'd cut him. Yeah. But I appreciate yeah. they cut Hayes. They cut everybody yeah. out. And that's a tough scene too, because that's the same scene where Mattingly, you know, when he gets the news, yeah. and uh, and he goes, "Well, let's just take this up up the chain." And Lovell goes, "No, oh, it was my call." And then Mattingly goes, "Well, it must have been a really hard decision." And he got up and walked out. And it's just they don't really delve into it any more than nope. that. But that's mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Where it's like Lovell. Might have had this selfish desire right. to go to the moon, and he did not care who the crew was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, the flight surgeon who's always like, like who's as much a heel in the movie mm-hmm. as the problem that happens on. He is he's wrong. Yeah, he's wrong, and he always is trying to get them to do shit that. They but then no one else listens to him. Right. I can't make them. I can't order them to sleep. We're talking about the crew on yeah the ground. And going back to what you said, it thinking about that where. Dude, who's going to be the captain of the first one, the one that gets canceled, gets an ear infection. None of his guys go. So these guys come up. Right. He gets the measles as an adult. Oh, you got to go. Right. We're taking Kevin Bay. We're going to space. I like that. You also have, like, you know, the guys who design, like, the guys who made everything are always like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're, they're everyone, no one wants to, like, accept the challenge mm-hmm. that, you know what, all that stuff is out the window. This is what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Can it do this or not? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Forget about that. You, you, Ed Harris is constantly battling, like the people above him. They're asking He's a question. Filter. Yeah. So like, there's there's always a sense of you know having to battle the the man in a way. It's mm-hmm. very very veiled. It's not very overt no. or whatever by any means. It's not like they don't have a a guy coming in playing Nixon on right. screen as a heel. Which What's going on? You yeah. Know, good. They don't need that kind of crap. Um, I really like Mattingly coming into the control center. And putting on the headset. Oh yeah, and man! Him getting on there. Yeah, how are you doing? And I'm fine. Oh, the flower. And I don't have the measles. Are the flowers yeah. blooming? Yeah. In Houston? Nope. Yeah. And it doesn't have to ride that motherfucker. I don't have it. Yeah, I, I love that. If it's, I mean, that kind of worked out, I guess, because you know, it, towards the end when it's revealed that it was a mechanical failure from a faulty part, if he would not have been on the ground, no, that's what so he yeah, would not be there to work. Everything it. worked out. Just like Tom Hanks. The, the, the dude who's the most badass in that Houston thing is that guy. Was it John Aaron? Whoever that dude is, who's like, no, 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 guys, huh? It's not forty-five. It's sixteen. Like that guy in the back of the room. Yeah. That's like, right? Yeah. Nope, nope. It's going with. Right. We were just talking about the fate awesome. that the bad call for the measles puts that guy on Earth to be able to run those simulations to figure out how to save these guys' lives. MVP. Yeah, and then Tom of the movie. The clip they show where. They ask him about being scared, and Tom Hanks' character tells the story about flying in and the lights are off, and like he went to flip on his light and it turned the light off on the TV. On the TV, and how his light went out, so he was able to see the algae and it guided him home. And And he talks about how there's little things that happen, get me home, and it's another just relation correlation to that. So there are so many callbacks. The movie keeps calling back to things, and you know, and. It's beautiful. This is why Tom Hanks was the most likable actor oh, yeah. of his time. Like where he's, I want, I want Tom Hanks to do an, an entire instructional video for my kids about stuff. Like Morgan Freeman can narrate, Tom Hanks can teach. He just has a way about himself. Yeah, that, that just instantly likable. Yeah. You know? Oh, now the final we just to kind of really because we talk about all the various segments, but them in the craft, like mm-hmm. in the scenes where it is high intensity, things are going on. The stuff they are spitting out. Is so cool to watch the other person absorb it, do it, right? Throw mm-hmm. something back. It's because that's such a small space too. Mm-hmm. To be able to have like all that going on within that confined area. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that? 
fucking awesome launch sequence that they put together mm. with the shit breaking off yeah. of the It holds the up fairly well. The I CGI think. still looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, because I was worried about that. You know, you know it, a space movie after gravity. Yeah. You know, right. like, what's this going to look like? Right. Yeah. Did it get scary for you? Like the in the tone. Because when they cut and the lights are out and they're in the pod and it's already where the condensation and the freezing starting to go, mm-hmm. it's dark. And then like that tape player is like the batteries are dwindling, so like it's playing that song like really like like it it took it for just a it's few eerie. minutes. Very haunting, very horror movie without it being a big bad. It's just they are alone in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's, it's very because like and again like it's not like well you can just hit the boosters and fly right back. It's like right, no, you you understand can't no, reroute to main deflectors. Right, right. There's no dilution. No and the sad is it's nineteen seventy, so they probably weren't watching Star Trek to make any to right. just even just go <laughs> Scotty, there's none of that. It's not in rerun yet. No. Uh I tell you, I can remember that it was scary because when I went and saw this in the theater as a kid, I didn't know how it ended. This is the first that's the first I ever heard. Oh, yeah. I was on the edge of my seat I have heard, the now, entire time. I don't remember from my viewing. Mm-hmm. I have heard in a lot of screenings when they come back that there is a massive applause like everyone gets up and they all like again it's a true story like most of the adults like knew what had happened so like it the movie's so good that it takes away that you already know that mm-hmm. right yeah, and that was a conscious decision that that um, that final sequence where they have to make the re-entry mm-hmm. whether or not the heat shield one of a billion obstacles they throw out that amazing four minutes they construct where Everyone's waiting. Mm-hmm. And it's just reaction. It was only supposed to be three minutes. Yeah, and then it goes all the way to four. And um, yeah, man, when he says that, uh, Houston, it's good to see you again. Man, yeah. it feels good. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. Everyone in NASA stands up and claps scene because <laughs> they do this a lot. Now. Yeah, I, the, my favorite reaction is Ed Harris's. He does the Admiral Ackbar. Yeah, bar. yeah he's he just, just sits down and he's <laughs> and and he's he's the he's. He's crying a little bit, mm-hmm. but like you know, Quig's all right, all right. You know, he has his little moment. Well, that's that's the man. So he just good. cuts it off. He's so good in that. And I love his the the joke with the vests. Like I they kept talking vest. when yeah. it's coming. They've made up like all these things are ugly and gaudy, and here they come, and this is just like a simple white patch on it. Puts it on. It just. Excellent use of the Vertigo camera, mm-hmm. which is that, Ed Harris. I love that. I caught. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That's a perfect time to use that. He, yeah. You know, when when they're figuring out that they have a problem, right? And Ed Harris just what? And I really like that with him sitting down and like internalizing it because he was like the he was the figurehead. Uh-huh. He was the the positivity of we're gonna get them home. Absolutely. Yeah. But when he sits down, that's like his most human moment, yeah, kind of where it's... where he he did have a doubt or two. Or maybe 13. Another scene is I didn't pick up was the one, like, um, I didn't remember until this time around, was when he's he's kind of like in a back room, and the TV's going, and he's kind of got his back, like, to that TV, and he's just, you can tell he's thinking, like, man, we're fucked. Yeah. We're so fucked. I love chalkboard scenes. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite things in movies. Very underrated. Back to the Future 2 is my favorite chalkboard scene, because, yeah, we got to spell it out for you. Here. <laughs> And that's the moon. We need to get Let's, them. I think that's a good jumping off point. The movie really keeps you in the loop on the technology. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to know space or have ever watched anything to get what's going on. The, the way they use diagrams, like, that is the LEM. That's the command module. Yeah, right. Like, the chalkboard. You don't think it, they'd have to do that for the NASA guys. We know what, what the moon and the Earth. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, but what's, what's really neat, though, is, like, you've... You, you're not overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like I think we all know carbon dioxide's not good. Mm-hmm. So the way we watch the meter as it goes up and down. <laughs> one filter does a whole lot of good. And But you were talking about like talking down to people because they sh- where they were splicing in the real footage and the guy's trying to explaining the re-entry. He's like, re-entry? He's like, it's only like two meters wide. He goes, so if this basketball Long is the rats. earth <laughs> and this is this, then... They're really just trying to go for a spot that's as bit wide as a sheet of paper. As a you know, sheet of paper. Like, you're like, fuck. What? The other, the other kind of like, I'm not going to say character, but he's kind of a driving force movie is Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Yeah. He's, because like, because like I said, they intercut scenes from real life, like the interview with Tom Hanks as Jim Lovell, like that was real yeah. footage that they used of who was the interviewing him. Was it Barbara Walters? I forget. It was, I think I she was, it was the 70s. I don't think it had been Barbara. 
I'm not sure, but right. it was it was somebody somebody like that, and then it cuts and it's like the Forrest Gump technology, mm-hmm. almost only not quite as advanced, where they would intercut real like uh, footage from the movie into historical documents. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and I always like that because it it um, it makes the movie feel real, like because mm-hmm. there's a real sense. It, that, that's mm-hmm. the amazing thing that this actually happened. It sounds impossible. You say it's science fact. It absolutely sounds like science it's, fiction. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was one of the things that, like, on one of the comic cards after yeah. the screening, right? Yeah. He's so like, there's like, no way this could have happened. Yeah, and Ron Howard's like, that's interesting. Once Movie budgeted at what, like... 60 mil? Yeah. Maybe Very 50? Modest by our standards, mm-hmm. and a 355. They didn't think it was going to be that big of a hit, because typically, I think at the time, space movies weren't that big. Like, the right stuff... Did, yeah, oh, did not I mean, do well at let's, the theater. From Return of the Jedi on, like, you know, your Star Trek's hit, but I don't think a movie Space like camp. this... Right. <laughs> a movie that, like this, that's science fact. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. I think, yeah, it was... I think a big selling point also is Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's... Tom Hanks was on fire. I think 100% it. And I think it should also be brought up that uh, since we did Tremors once, that this was one of the reasons... Why Kevin Bacon wasn't in Tremors too? <laughs> I think I can't. I think he before. did the right. I think he made well, the right yeah. choice. Even though I would have loved that. Yeah, but, yeah, totally. But uh, to do a movie like this, yeah, it's fucking cool. Now let's talk about the Oscars because this is a movie that yeah we've talked about this a lot. This is one of those movies that only you and me seem to talk about when it comes to the Oscars because whenever they talk about this subject, uh, this this movie and this year are not brought up. No. This movie is a this is the Braveheart like super year right. of Oscars, and unfortunately, like they're like I think even what was it was it Babe that came out the same yeah. year which was, was it ninety six very well received mm-hmm. thunderously well received Babe's a good movie mm-hmm. yeah I mean gets shit kicked by fucking Braveheart which all right so <laughs> just clearly <laughs> I am not anti Braveheart by oh, any no. means Braveheart's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But by no means do I think it is even close in terms of just first of all being a better movie and mm-hmm. a and number two being rewatchable as Apollo thirteen. Yeah. See, that's the thing too. I've seen Braveheart all the way through one time. Yeah. I loved it. I've seen Apollo thirteen. There's a lot of downtime in Braveheart. There like, is. Like compared to the first to... half of the movie, I think is awesome. It's fantastic. It has a great pace. But right, once she dies, mm-hmm. then it kind of just. It's a build up to, and it, it ends a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got the Lord of the Rings. It's Return of the King. It just keeps ending. Or Batman versus Superman. Now, you haven't seen it yet, but it, it ends several times. Thanks. So, uh, and, and it was, but then what's wild is like, so if you in a in a vacuum, like, not right, Oscar. Nominated. If Apollo thirteen was nominated for Oscars, what do you think it should win? Okay, so um, I do. Th- I would have said, you know, oh yeah, yeah definitely one of the supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about wins, except for Best Picture. But uh, acting, like like you said, for I, years I thought Tom Hanks was nominated uh-huh. for this, and he wasn't. Yeah, it's it's he carries the movie because I thought it was they made a big deal that this was like the the break of the streak. It was Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, and then the, he got nominated and then lost it. But right, yeah, and that's just I would win. It definitely should have gotten a lot of technical Oscars. I think it, it should have gotten. I think probably should have gotten a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think director. I definitely think that, he that should director? have one for best director. I'm sorry, like as good and I love Mel to death. We both love Mel. I know. Do you are you big Mel? Sure. I think he's directed better. I think he's directed better. Yeah. In other movies, right? Sure. Ron Howard though, uh, and, and and I'll throw this in too. I, I do think it should have won for editing. Mm-hmm. He did win. Oh, it did. Oh, it did. He won editing and sound. Oh yeah! Oh oh, one so sound. It, yeah. Oh, which well, is good. Go. So it won. It Everyone kind of, loves the those. sound. No, the sounds. Great. It kind of got the Fury Road treatment, where it's like wow. we'll give you a couple the of technical blows. shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 I hate that because it almost then became like a celebration of this movie because then like you saw a couple Ron Howard Tom Hanks Moon movies that, that went to IMAX and from the Earth yeah. to the Moon. Yeah. Well, or Tom Hanks did this. series. Tom stuff. Hanks would do a historical movie. And then he would do, produce a ten-part HBO series that mm-hmm. basically was the movie, only much more detailed, like uh, Band <laughs> right, of Brothers, right. yeah. like or The Pacific. Now Costner's doing the same thing with everything has to do with the Hatfields and McCoys. It's really funny. <laughs> Bill Paxton. Yes. Oh, yeah, man. Come on, Hatfields uh, McCoys. Yeah, I just, I just feel like it was. It, this is definitely not one of my favorite years for Oscars because, like, again, like I, I'm not a huge fan of like. I, well, I don't think. I think of the movies that were nominated for Best Picture. I think Apollo 13 should have won. It wasn't my favorite movie that year, but 
It definitely should have. Oh, I, I yeah, I I do think that. I think it's just a tighter movie. It's a better movie, and the performances like, as much as I love that Harris, and I think Kathleen Quinlan's good, and nobody is. I think almost everyone's on a nice even point. Plump, it's a an nice, ensemble, a true ensemble. That everyone pulls their weight. There's very, no that just the joke we like to make. There's no Mickey Rourke Stallone scene like where someone right. just pulling shit out of the blue. It's like we're here, we're working. This no, is not to downplay Ed Harris because like his performance is the one that everyone seems to remember the most from the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're going to nominate Ed Harris, I would have for a supporting. I would have nominated Gary Sinise. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that is a part that to a lot of people, I think, would they would not be attracted to. No. Like, you want me to play the guy who doesn't get to go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just. Right. But he has so many good little moments. Little moments. Oh, yeah. didn't he just get the supporting Oscar for? He never. He did, he did not. He did not win. For no. Him. No. He he actually won a Globe, I think, for Truman, like mm-hmm. not long after this, which was a really good TNT. I think TNT movie. Mm-hmm. Who won supporting in '94? Uh, All right. Uh, it wasn't him, and it wasn't Travolta. Uh, oh boy. Um, uh, 94, 94. Yeah, I'll look it up. Y'all just keep talking. Shawshank? Oh, fuck. No, it was it, it. I do not remember. But yeah, oh, absolutely. Gary Sinise I mean, should have won supporting for oh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know. It's Landau. It's got to be Landau. It's, it's Ed Wood. I think. I think you're right. Was okay, it? that's a great performance. <laughs> like, okay, that's tough. But, um,. I think for all right. So for who ended up winning it for this year? Ninety five. Yeah. Is that? Uh, no, it wasn't that Harris. What am I thinking? I know one act, um, sporting actress. It's Mira Sorvino for Mighty Aphrodite. And, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> she didn't mimic. Yeah, I mean, like it doesn't. It never. It, it never recovers. It sucks. Oh yeah. Romy and Michelle's all right. Sure, yeah, Romy Michelle's yeah. actually really good. That's probably her highlight. I'd say. The Crow too wasn't it? No, was she, was she in the Crow too? I remember I she was know. in the Replacement Killers. Yep. Giant fat. Yeah, I think that was her in the crow too. We'll look that up too. But uh, ninety-five, because that's the thing. Ninety-five. Like when I think of ninety-five, I think of Braveheart, Paul thirteen, Toy Story, Die with a Vengeance. <laughs> you is know, like, Spa- when Spacey went for Usual Suspects. Is that next? Year? That's it. That's it. All right. Ninety. He wins for Usual Suspects. Yeah. Which was a great movie. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. This movie, I. It's one that, um, I, again, like I. I don't know. It, it's it holds up very well over time. You oh, could yeah. pop it in now in 2015 or I'm sorry 2016, and it would be. Do you think that like wh- 94? What? Who robbed Sinise of the best supporting actor? Landau. Uh uh-uh. uh. Who? That was the year before then. Yeah, this is 94, so this says Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive. Oh, that's well. Okay. But I don't see Sinise in the best supporting role. So. Well, no, no, no. If, if, oh, okay. if the, ni- the 94 yeah, yeah. Oscars are oh, for the 19. 93 movies. Okay, so we yeah. did the 95 Oscars. But what was I saying? Fine. Uh, I just said you could pop it and rewatch it anytime. Oh, is, uh, okay. There you go. Isn't it? It's interesting. I don't hear too many people talk about this. Um, the way a movie ages, I think, is different from the way a movie ages when the movie was is a um, like a historical mm-hmm. type film. Yeah. Like, like, how does a movie like Apollo 13 age, where it was a movie that came out in the 90s, 20 years ago, but it's actually about something that happened 45 years ago. Right. You know, or Dazed and Confused or something like that. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's interesting, because you, you can't say that that's aged. I don't feel like it did, and I watch it, believe it or not, I watch it in standard definition downstairs. Like, Whoa. that was the one I could rent it, and it's still, like, the only thing... They didn't have an HD? For whatever reason, not. But it's no big deal. It's so weird. I just wanted to watch it, fucker. Yeah. I'd seen it like you a billion times, so like I, I pretty much knew it. I just wanted to refresh. But the only thing, like in standard definition, that that thing, the, um, the rocket taken off. You know, some of it it looks a little dated. Some of it. Some of it. But for the most part, it it's still the carries the, the weight of it and the yeah. way that the camera James, swoops that's, down. That's James another works. Oscar mm-hmm. that is a robbery. Like I love what the fuck? Like that the opening theme. The way it's reprised. It's like I don't quite, I didn't quite remember it. Yeah. And then when it started playing, when I was watching the movie, or when I put the deep, the Blu-ray in, and I and the, and it plays over the menu, I was like, that's the theme. Like you know, like you hear it and you go, oh, that's Apollo thirteen. Bam. Oh yeah. Yeah. What you find? Well, you were right. It was Ed Wood mm-hmm. with Martin Landau winning for best supporting actor. 
He beat out Samuel Jackson for Pulp Fiction. This is a two-two year of yeah. Uh, Chas Palmateri for Bullets Over Broadway. Yeah, Paul Schofield for Quiz Show. Gary Sinise for Falling Down. Now here's what's what weird. an underrated movie. The, Quiz Show. Mm-hmm. Ninety-four is it's the best. It's, it's, it's other than maybe eighty-nine. And I even say 99 is fairly strong. Well, yeah, the five year. Yeah. Yeah. We've always said that. Those right. are the three years. But 94 is a solid right. year. Now, this doesn't make if sense. If you wanted to go critically acclaimed movies, 94 mm-hmm. could just beat out any year. And Quiz Show. Oh, yeah. I mean, that movie got lost in the shuffle, but Jesus, I mean, was that a good movie? What it's up against it, yeah. it, is just tight. I'm going to use Titanic. Titanic. No, no pun intended yeah. for anything. But yeah. <laughs> now, here's what doesn't make sense, though. It's, I think this is another one that lets put a uh, person in a category they don't belong. The best actor for leading roles in this. 94. Tom Hanks. Oh, this is the Oscars for 95, 95 for 94 movies. Right. Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump, who is your winner. Um, then you have for Morgan Freeman for Shawshank Redemption is Bullshit. listed as the Travol- best actor. Travolta's in this too for Pulp Fiction. Travolta got best Not actor. Not for an actor. Nope. He didn't get Yeah, yeah, there it is. Sorry, it was bleeding. Nobody's no. Fool, Paul Newman, oh, yeah. Nigel Hawthorne for Magic King George. So, uh, it's a great list. I mean, yeah. that, because Nobody's Fool is an amazing I've Paul Newman. It's I've heard so it's great. Mm-hmm. good, man. It's yeah. it's a good Bruce Willis performance too in there. I've heard that. For, but to nominate John Travolta for that, but but, but the Oscars has a history of that. Marlon, I mean, Marlon Brando with The Godfather. Uh-huh. Um, oh God, I just had it. Well, oh, my, oh, Anthony Hopkins and Silence of the yeah. Lambs. Like, my thing is though, is that to me, Morgan Freeman wasn't the lead actor in Shawshank. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah. And then you're I going, mean, it's Pulp Fiction because the thing that stood out it was the Return of John Travolta. <laughs> John Travolta's comeback is what that that, that year like that's that why about, I mean, yeah. yeah I mean give that it time makes yeah that's what oh yeah <laughs> give it time although I will say I fucking loved how cartoony he was in that O.J. Simpson miniseries as Robert Shapiro oh Holy yeah cow he is he's doing his Battlefield Earth performance basically he's I've got six fingers so mm-hmm. all right <clears throat> they're gonna remake Apollo thirteen hypothetically they they're gonna remake Apollo thirteen and you gotta kind like. You can't use the same actors. How are you going to recast at least, like, let's do a couple of the main ones? Well, the obvious choice for Lovell is Matt Damon. You'll do Damon? Well, <laughs> that's what that's not what I want. That's what I think. See, I like do. Damon as Mattingly. Mm. I think Matt Damon would be a great Ken Mattingly. <laughs> we're so tired of you going into space. <laughs> Stay um, on the ground. That is so hard. Um, I think Kevin Costner would be a great at Gene Gene Kranz. I think Kranz he is part. perfect for that. Mm. If you're, yeah. Um, I could see Paul Rudd as Swagger. I could see that. Uh, I, I mean, this is this is that thing. No, we we've talked about this off air, but there's really not any uh, movie stars anymore. Right, you know, it's like you don't really need an actor to sell a movie. Uh, people are either going to go or they're not going to go. Yeah, so uh, like, hmm. who would you get to carry a Paul? Who do you think would be Lovell? Who would carry this thing? Dude, that's tough because John Hamm. Hamm. Mm. John Hamm's an excellent choice. John Hamm would be all right to carry this as Lovell's character. Another one I was thinking. I think somebody who I think could do it. It's gonna be a stretch. I think Ryan Gosling could. You think so? I, I do think, love Ryan Gosling. I think Gosling could be a strong level. I think the uh, and don't don't be mad, but the guy who plays Rick on The Walking Dead could do it. I like Andrew because, like what you're saying, is not worry, like well because you just but he is good already at having a kind of a gravity in a bad situation. You yeah. can see him. Well, everyone always movie. remembers like thinks of Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I think of Love Actually. Yeah, and how great he is in that movie in a completely different role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I dare say also, I, th- I think Ben Affleck could have I was been, say been ben one Affleck. of the astronauts. You can pick. Yeah, he I, could probably do Hayes. Yeah. I think he'd be a good level. I think I'd rather see him as Hayes. Yeah. yeah. And it's and the, this is part of, the I guess, the negativity that Ben Affleck has around him for whatever reason. But I, I, mm, I don't see him as like this universally loved actor. And it's just because of the shit that people place on him that I think is undeserved. And I think he's completely redeemed himself. Even in Batman versus Superman, where he is the best part of the movie far and away, uh, but everyone's so far and away. <laughs> he would be the best part. Hey, it's Batman. Well, it's well, far he, and away. he has a twenty-year career, uh-huh. that, and people only like to remember three of them. 
Right. Yeah. Which is the year, the years that he just made bad movies. Yeah. You know. It's undeserving. The sw- the slate was wiped clean for me with Hollywood Land. Like when he when he did that, I was like, I think okay. any remnants of it were erased with Gone Baby Gone as a director. Yes, because I think like that was like, whoa. You don't he think do Clooney this? could be anyone? Clooney could be a Harris's character. It depends. See, the thing is, it depends on how old. Like you're, because how old do you want to go? Yeah, like because mm. even Clooney Costner, has a smarminess to him. That's uh, true. That he would come just, off more cocky. Tom Hanks he. is so pure. Mm-hmm. In, in his, I don't think just in his performances, but as a person, mm. and I think I think this is something he works on also because I've heard this behind the scenes stuff where he can actually be a pretty cutthroat guy if he wants something. Mm. Sure, because he's Tom Hanks. Yeah, but he's very good with his public persona, and he's just immensely likable. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is just, just watch Big. Okay. A lot of people thought after the Passion of Christ, like someone like Jim Caviezel was like kind of like in that realm to step into a Tom Hanks type mm-hmm. of thing. He's, he's never. Yeah. Well, that's a good callback. One of my f- uh, favorite movies of the last 20 years is Frequency. Yeah, I love yeah. Frequency. But not for Jim Caviezel. Dennis Quaid. If Dennis Quaid was younger, he would have this would have he would have been a great Fred uh, Hayes. He uh, is a Fred Hayes yeah, and then he's just a walk. Just kind of yeah, he's yeah. got a swagger about him that uh, that I love. Yeah. McConaughey swagger or is he a little too old now? McConaughey's been like 37 for the last 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. No, they got a good group of guys. Oh yeah, like, yeah, totally. I love seeing guys like Kevin Bacon and and Bill Paxton in a movie like this. And these guys we've covered before in other movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I never get tired of seeing Bill Paxton ever. Like, and this is and funny enough. Like he's still kind of understated in this. Yeah, he, he doesn't Bill Paxton. This isn't out. a Bill Paxton performance. I, I mean, he has my one of my favorite lines of the movie. He's like. Oh, I'm hungry. I could eat the ass out of a dead rhinoceros. I love Tom Hanks's reaction. It's almost like they—that's the one they just went with. He's like, "I just want you to keep saying like the stupidest, weirdest shit." Just give me some redneck lines. <laughs> that's good. All right. Yeah, so I think that I think that's pretty. I think we kind of nailed that. Yeah. Amy Adams could be the uh, Marilyn Lovell character. Sure. That seems to be her yeah. lot in life now. She sucks in Batman versus Superman. All right. Just. <laughs> You told me I could talk, I know talk to you about it. I know, it. I know it. You want me to talk to you about it? I'm, I'm talking to you. About just it. not on air. What if there's others that haven't listened yet? He just said she sucks. I mean, uh, like... She's terrible. She's a horrible Lois okay. Lane. And, it, and you know okay what? I don't think it's her fault. Because I like her. I like Enchanted. Holy shit. She's amazing in that movie. Mm-hmm. But I, the way they write Lois Lane in these two Superman movies just sucks. All right, so... It's a great end to a movie about Apollo 13. Terry Hatcher... <laughs> Oh. <clears throat> um, Terry Ash should be Jim Lovell. <laughs> right, there's, there's a movie. Fuck. All right, so um, that pretty much. I, if we're gonna rate it, if you're gonna rate it, what did you give it? I give it a, I give it a nine. I give it a nine point five. I'm going ten. I have to go to. I, I even with that dream scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. That thing. I mean, that's a skip on the pond. Like, I mean, that's not. That's not a bit. I. That movie is so good that. I, I could rewatch it. It's funny. It's one of those tens that, like, it's not like if you ask me to name off my favorite movies of all time, mm-hmm. I may not mention it, but I know it's there. It's back there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But when I rediscover, I'm like, oh, everything about this movie is so good. It's, yeah. It's amazing how, if you know how it ends, and most people do, it's amazing how you can forget when you get, when you really get into this movie. Yeah. That, you know, there can be those moments where you forget you're watching something that's actually already happened. These guys can make it through. And those are those are really impressive historical movies. Totally, they're hard to pull off. Mm-hmm. So, Ron Howard's best film, easily, and he thinks so too. Easily, yeah, by yeah, easily. Um, so the next movies for guys like movies will probably be whose pick is it? I think it's pick. yours. It's my pick. Your pick, because uh, he did Batman. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well, this movie was so good. I don't think we could do something like in the critically. We're gonna have to come back to like. The, See, that's what I want to do. Like, let's do something. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we can that, do nothing but I'm, trouble. The we'll, we'll, fig- we'll figure it out and announce it on Twitter. <laughs> I have it on DVD <laughs> at home. Don't ask me why. We'll announce that one out. There. Next wrestling podcast will be the ne- uh, will be episode fifty six. This was episode fifty five. Mm. So episode fifty six will be unforgiven. will be unforgiven two thousand one. And uh, of course, you can continue to follow the podcast at New Blood Pod on Twitter. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. Um, I'm at William Rankin 83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I am at CM underscore stabs. We'll see you guys at Unforgiven 2001. It will be.